And that was just such an amazing experience. I was 12 years old and to be able to fly across country with my closest friends Mm -hmm. and participate in such an amazing event really just made me have an even greater love for Greek dancing. And it was just something that I continued. I never thought about not dancing. And when I was 21 and graduated from college and moved back to Newport News, I took over the dance program um, and started directing there. And I just... I truly loved it. I truly loved giving the kids in the dance program the same experience that I had growing up and becoming a director there and starting to see all the different things out there. Uh, WDC, the Winter Dance Conferences were very popular then. Yeah. And then HDF, which is how I met Adi. <laughs> and we started dating shortly after HDF in 2005 very shortly after HDF in 2005. And, you know, just meeting someone who had the same passion as me. And then when we moved to Northern Virginia, or I moved up to Northern Virginia, um, when Adi and I got engaged, we had our first child, Asimina. And then I realized that I wanted her to have the same thing that we had growing up. And there wasn't a dance program at the local church that we were going to. So that's when we realized we needed to establish the Byzantio Greek Dance and Cultural Arts Program because we wanted our daughter to grow up having the same love for Greek dance that we had growing up. I love that. Were you guys in, and Adi, we're going to get to you, I promise. Were you guys in Arizona? (laughs) at FDF at the same time when like we, we were we were oh we didn't gosh. meet then but we were both there yes <laughs> I remember I think you guys were in the category we were in the intermediate category so I was uh, I was up a category for one group and I think down a category for the other oh, so because so- I double danced so we we didn't necessarily cross paths but I, I I do remember there was a group from Virginia there that's so and then that was funny. the year that uh I think it was the sweepstakes presentation by I think it was the Terps from Pasadena and Anna remembers that too because they had a whole cattle farm on stage so um, that was the big year I just because a lot of those people were my friends I was like was that the year that they had like the whole cattle farm that was it was Nico Nikos Varvitiotis who's uh, 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 unfortunately he passed away but uh, he was uh, he did an excellent performance excellent show that year so I remember that that's so awesome funny because as we're talking to everybody and we're making these connections um, when people first like when you actually met somebody versus all the times that you ran into them and crossed paths before you even knew that they existed. It's like, we're creating this like giant web of, okay, we were both in the same place 10 years before I even knew you existed. And it's it's crazy to see how interconnected we all really are at the core of it, but you know. True. So, yeah. but anyway, um, awesome story, Anna. And um, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's inspiring to hear um, how much dance has moved us, but now I want to hear uh, Adi's story too. Oh gosh, you, yeah, <laughs> my dance teachers hear this story. So I really didn't want to Greek dance uh, when I first started out, <laughs> if you could believe that. Uh, it was there was there were it was hard. It was um, yeah, there were some words and you know very stern words from my parents, but. Um, all kidding aside, I didn't really want to dance. Um, our dance program was um, uh, fledgling because our church was new in Downey. Uh, we were part of the we were part of a group called the Alpha Beta Hellenic Cultural um, Society, and we would practice at a middle school. And I'll never forget my first practice. Maria Begakis, who was our teacher, now Maria Minudi, she was so 
she just told my mom, take him away. He doesn't want to be here. Um, <laughs> and so that's how I kind of started off in dance. And then I became that kid that, you know, became infatuated um, with it. I did my first HDF in 1987, or excuse me, FDF in 1987. And um, it was it was tough because we didn't do very well. Uh, 1987 was the year where you would do um, and it pretty much um, whatever you wanted. And as long as it looked really good, you performed well. We weren't a very strong group at the time, but you know, a couple years later, we really pulled it together. There were a couple folks that um, directors um, from Seattle uh, and then a number of folks in the community that started to bring this new authentic uh, material. And it wasn't, you know, Kalamatiano, Tsamiko, you know, Critico Cierto Pentosali, and there you go, there's a performance and you win a medal. It was, <laughs> hey, we're doing this area of Greece and we're doing this specific village of Greece. And they introduced instrumentation. And all of a sudden, I was grabbing those videos and popping them in the um, VCR, right? You know, some of these kids who will hear this will be like, what's a VCR? <laughs> but literally, I would sit in front of the VCR and that's what I would do. I'd listen to that stuff. And then, um, I got my first opportunity to teach actually in the 1996-97 time frame. I went down to Cardiff by the Sea in San Diego. It's in North County, San Diego, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I was going to college at UC Irvine. It was not too far. It was about an hour and 10 minutes. And so I started to teach the group there. And then they said, hey, why don't you come teach in Downey? And then why don't you come teach in Redondo Beach? So at that point, you're like, wow, I have five or six groups. I need material. And then I became that guy that, you know, back in the day, we didn't have, uh, you know, easy access to Greeks, easy access to um, a lot of resources. And it was Joe and Graciosi and Anserota, these people that were, you know, mentors to me. And it was learn as much material, grab as much. These people would go to Greece, they'd share the material with you. And it was after that, it just took off. Um, in 1996, I was fortunate enough to go to FD, uh, Greece with FDF. I went to Yvonne Hunt's seminar and it was probably the best experience of my life. We went, we researched in all over Sedes. We went, I mean, I went down to Athens, which I'd pretty much never been to my entire life. Um, long story short, I bring all that material back and we end up, you know, um, doing quite well with all our groups uh, at the various communities. Was, I, I enjoyed it, but then it was time to come here. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of took a hiatus from dancers, kind of taught around here in the local area. Um, and then, as Anna mentioned, I think that's where the story kind of takes off. We we met um, <laughs> I, while I continued to dance with uh, a group back in California from Long Beach. Um, I really just started to, to move in the direction of being more of a, of a judge and helping on the back end of things. So that's when I became involved with FDF and then I, or excuse me, HDF, transitioned into uh, FDF and, or HDF. HDF, pardon me, gosh, I'm saying that all wrong. Started off with HDF as a judge, and then I moved myself into <laughs> FDF. And then, as Anna mentioned, you know, we had to really establish roots for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, Anna was fortunate enough to have her community in Newport News, but I think Vizondo for me was sort of an outlet for me to, to, to pick up something here. I couldn't keep going back and forth from the West Coast and dancing with them. So for me, that kind of brings it all together. And now, as you all know, we are where we are, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a group that we, uh, and a program that we love. It's 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 inspired by what we both want, which is quality, 
Um, you know, we're working on, on, as you both know, our, our, our costume closet, we're working on, um, the adult group. So we're really excited about that. And there's, you know, it's, 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 a um, always a work in progress, mm-hmm. but, um, anyways, I think Anna from there kind of took it away and, and, uh, kind of mentioned, you know, how we came to be, how Asimina and how Katerina came to be after that. So, right. <laughs> I love um, the, the, one of the things that I love about the group here is how you bring people from home here. So I know that there's like people from California who are in DC because they're studying or maybe they got a job here or there's people from Newport News who are up for work or for the weekend even and, and they're at practice and it's like it's just so awesome because it, it's like a little piece of home even if you're not from you know any of those communities here in dc and and for those of you don't live in dc this area is very transient in ways and it can be kind of like difficult to find that comfortable niche and that's how dance practice is like i i remember i think it was my first or second weekend here you guys had an event six or seven years ago um and it was the first time i went and i was like oh my gosh these are like really cool people you know um and then obviously working in the hospital kind of took over for a bunch of years, but i um, glad to be back and really, really glad to have you guys, you guys on tonight. Um, so I'm curious, um, you talk about dance and like your journey through that, like I'm curious your, your exposure to Greek culture growing up, like the family dynamic, the community dynamic, what was, what was, the, what were the communities like Virginia, California, um, how did that kind of impact your exposure to Greek culture? Was it, you know, I mean, there's so many different family dynamics, families that super enriched in the culture and, you know, traveling to Greece all the time and all these things. So curious what that was like for you. So I grew up in a community um, that was primarily our parents immigrated from uh, Greece uh, or Cyprus. and so, um, particularly the church that I grew up in, um, it, it was, we, we create a small community in Downey. It was centrally located to all our businesses. Um, and it drew that kind of um, sort of, uh, it, it drew others that from that um, similar background, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but that was true a lot for, um, uh, Southern California in general, you did have, you know, first generation, second generation, but it was, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't as strong as it is, for example, today. Um, so I think for me and for my upbringing, that was, um, probably, um, one of the things that, that influenced it the most, because when summer would roll around, it was, Hey, you're going to stick around with your parents here. It was back to Greece three months, typically without your parents. And you were in the Corio and then you'd come back right before school started. Yeah. Um, Greek was the primary language in the household. You were not speaking, uh, English and we're not going to tell the story. Um, we're not going to tell that story. Um, but it's true. It it wasn't. And so, uh, all, people used to joke they're like oh you're you know you're from the fresh off the boat community in downing well it's true we were and we were proud of it you know we had a very tight-knit community and we were very proud of what we um uh accomplished for me i i I can say you know having so 
my parents, their background being both uh, families, refugees, uh, one from Pondos, Asia Minor, the other one from what's now the Turkish part of uh, Thrace, having moved into northern Greece, it's a whole different dynamic than, say, if, you know, Amaisapuathina or, you know, Peloponnesos yeah. or mm-hmm. one of the islands. It's a completely different experience. So I had a different experience up uh, up in the Chorio and Ceres, Chrysochorofa, where my dad is from, or Katerini, which is a, a fairly large city. Uh, but still, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, and it was very urban, um, but a very different experience. So for me, I grew up with, you know, Anna teases me all the time. Like I'd go to the Chorio and <laughs> it was, we'd go to the Platia and there would be dancing and it would be a wedding. It would be something. And you were watching, you know, what, you know, my father grew up doing, you know, the Gagauzika he, he, he grew up doing and you saw the way of life that they did it. So I kind of had a unique experience in, in that um, uh, or not only that, not just the dancing, but also the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, agricultural. Um, they had uh, livestock. So you grew up around um, that. So for me, that that was a big I think a big difference from a lot of people in the community who, um, yeah, they would go to Greece, but they typically would go to their island or they'd go to their, you know, a house in Athens or in a bigger city. Or it, so I, I, I kind of felt like I grew up like a, a, a bit of a of a Greek, at least for three months at a time for like, what, 10, 12 years straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that for me influenced me a lot. Yeah. And what a difference. I mean, I. I have only been to LA once and um, I definitely remember like the Downey basketball team back when I used to go to basketball tournaments on the West coast. And like they played, they played rough. They played rough. Um, especially, I mean, San Francisco beat them the year I went. So whatever, but um, anyway, um, just throwing a little shade there, but like what, it, you know, when I think about LA, I think about like palm trees and, you know, um, beautiful views and all this stuff. Not that you don't have that in Greece, but what a difference, what a juxtaposition between like growing up, in LA or in the surrounding area and then you know going to the Horyo and and you're right it's like you're not in Athens like you're not bumping around a city you're 11 years old and you're running around on a bike at midnight no one cares where you are exactly because nothing because everyone knows where you are and if they know and and if you're you know if you do anything they'll tell you or Thea or (laughs) or yeah which was even worse exactly and I feel like you know now it's a little bit different like there's at least where I'm from there's you know clubs and cafes and stuff like that but as a kid it that really wasn't that big of a thing it was like you know you're like kicking rocks down the you know, hanging out at the bridge with like your friends. <laughs> wild Saturday night. Right? Woo-hoo. I mean, it could be wild um, Tuesday night too. You never know. It could be any, any night. <laughs> any night, right? Really. Um, okay. So, awesome. Anna, what was... Uh, what was Newport News like? Growing up in Newport News, it's it was a small community, but that sense of community, I think... Um, really made everyone even closer because, uh, you know, living here in Northern Virginia now, uh, like you said, it's such a transient area and stuff. So you sometimes feel like you're missing that sense of community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I still consider Newport News home. I go back a lot. I'm still involved in the dance program in Newport News, still help direct a couple of the groups there, still compete with uh, Newport News at HDF. So even though I've left, it still has that community feel to me. Um, Growing up there, I grew up with my papu living in the house. So Mm -hmm. our house was also a 
you know, Greek speaking house. Papu didn't speak very good English. So we spoke all Greek in the house uh, growing up. My summers were a little different from Adi. We didn't go to Greece every summer, but when we did go to Greece, it was most of the time in Andros, which is the island that my mom and Papu were from. Mm -hmm. And then over to Athens to see my dad's sister. But um, I didn't have that. There's nothing wrong with it either. (laughs) That my husband had, so. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You saw how she looked at me. (laughs) I want to jump into some dance questions I have. Um, And I think, so I have have some, I'm curious about a perspective that you have in um, teaching dance for various purposes. So you, you are both incredibly involved in the HDF, FDF world competition. Um, and so I feel like this is me, an outsider. I've never been to a competition. Um, so I look at it from my point of view, and I'm curious to get uh, a perspective on this, but teaching a dance group for competition versus teaching a dance group for traditions. And I know when we go to competition, we're really focusing on authentically um, demonstrating the dances, why we do them, the regions are coming from, and the motivation behind doing the dance. And that is integral. And I, I, you know, from what I see and understand, that is kind of the driving factor behind the, the groups that do very well versus the other groups um, is that level of understanding of the dance so I'm curious um, how that kind of plays into when you teach and how you approach your your instruction Um, because I feel like there's groups out there that teach for competitions from a performance standpoint and it's let's choreograph let's you know let's make a showy show but I feel like that's different with you guys so I'm curious to see what you have to say about that so I think when you're putting a set together for competition you want to really put yourself in the minds of what it would look like in the village. Mm -hmm. So you want to be as authentic as possible. Of course, you want to make sure that stylistically it's correct. And of course, that the steps are correct, but then also how the people in the village would dance it. And so a lot of times when you're putting together a showy set for a performance, maybe for a festival, you know, if you were to actually go to that village, you wouldn't necessarily see all of those showy moves because they're dancing in the village to preserve the culture and the authenticity of the dance, not to, you know, wow the people around them. And so I think when you're putting together a set for competition, you have to really look at it as, okay, if I were there, in that village, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. What would be the song choices that they would use? Uh, How would the first person in line look different from the other people uh, in line? You would want to look at all the different aspects of it to put together as authentic of a set as possible. Do you do you feel like there's pushback when you're working with um, if you were and I don't know if this is actually something you know that but like if you were advising a group outside of the groups that you work with directly 
do you feel pushback on that, that, you know, well, that's nice and all, but we want to do this. Um, is that still like, is there a struggle out there with maintaining that authenticity and, you know, stepping away from, but this kick looks really good because I can go, you know, over his shoulders and <laughs> right. everybody's going to cheer. Really um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've had parents approach me before asking questions and, um, you know, a lot of people like to see the showy things at the festival and mm-hmm. I'm not completely against that. I think that, you know, if you're, if you're performing at a festival versus a competition, you can do something a little bit more showy, but I never want to stray too far from what they would actually do in the village. I never want to, um, add too much choreography and make it too showy because I just truly feel like you have to preserve the authenticity and culture. I may write you a thesis right now. <laughs> what I'm about to say. Um, Everyone, take a water break. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, take, <laughs> You're a, good. take a break. Hold on, let's pause. Uh, but I, so it is hard. Um, and I, so what Anna said is exactly how um, I feel. And so when you approach a set, let me start off by saying that when you, when someone says something like, yeah, but I want to do something more showy. Um, a lot of times what they're looking at is um, something that is actually based on something that is authentic, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you take a dance like like Samiko, right? Yeah, they do kicks, they do. Now, all the 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 um, applause meter stuff that comes with it. The applause um, meter. <laughs> that, that's that. But it's true. I mean, yes. it does get a rise out of people. Yes. But there is a way to take that and make it um, authentic and still get um, what the interest of, say, a, a parent, as Anna mentioned, or um, a yeyao papu, or even what a church wants. I mean, hey, churches are, you know, typically we're dancing at festivals. Why? You know, to provide entertainment. So we're mm-hmm. providing entertainment because we want more people to come to the festival, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there is a there is that aspect as well. So there is a way to take and make it fun or to make it um, interesting. And I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, and, and look, when a lot of uh, groups that do some of these things, and I've been in many communities where they're like, that's nice the way you do X, but we're going to do it our way. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't care that it's incorrect. Um, or that it may not be as authentic as it, it should be because why? Because it gets what they're used to seeing. And why is that? Um, the example that I give is um, there was a group that grew up around another group, another ethnic group where things were exaggeratingly choreographed. It was it was very intense and it was, and they said, well, we took our cue as a Greek community from them. So we took, I mean, I never thought you could take a stavio and make it, which is the you know very basic, <laughs> the slower the better type dance, and make it something that was over the top choreographed. But I've seen it. Wow. Um, and and that's that's hard to watch, but it's understandable too, all at the same time. 
You know, so all you can do is, you know, to me, the key is education, 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 right? You got to get back to the basic root the, and, and just help people understand. Now, you're not going to be able to do that with, you know, Epidos as an example. But I think the best example you can use is Cretan, right? Mm-hmm. Cretan, you can have the whiz, bang, slap, you know, I'm not a big, you know, and I'm not a big fan of the choreographies and the group variations and, you know, the things that we saw probably in the 80s and 90s. But there are a number of communities that have done, and even, you know, Greece now is doing these excellent performances where they're keeping it contextual. Mm -hmm. And there is no reason, there is no reason. You know, so when someone comes up to me and says, oh, I, you know, I want to do whiz bang flash fireworks. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, if the set that we're doing calls for it, yeah, I can do that. But if I can't, then I'm going to keep it in context and do the best that I can, as Anna said, to keep it kind of fun and, and upbeat. But if you can, like Cretan, why not? Yeah. You know, okay, you know, have a couple guys come and do kicks in the front a little bit more, or, you know, maybe make two lines and make the girls do something a little bit more exciting no problem you know i mean that i think that just comes with the territory i think sometimes though it can be overdone and take away from the beauty of the dance Mm -hmm. i've seen you know uh groups that perform ikariotico for example and do group variations in the ikariotico and you know that dance is beautiful in itself. Mm-hmm. You don't need to, of course, the leader can do improvisations, but you don't need a group variation in the whole line doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing and have it over-exaggerated because it actually takes away the beauty from the dance. The dance. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes when groups are trying to be flashy, it actually takes away from it. I think groups that like FDF and HDF have done a good job and I've seen it with like, you know, we. I keep going back to Cretan. I don't know. It's like a Cretan kick the last couple of weeks. But I've seen it with Cretan. I've seen it with Pondos. I've even seen it with Peloponisos most recently. You can make those sets stay within context. You know, that's hard to also define because you say, oh, well, if you're doing a performance and if it's for competition, it's all contrived anyways. But you can still keep it contextual, right? Mm-hmm. You can still keep it within, hey, uh, this is this is choreo, but when you're already in a contrived environment, you know you're going to get some um, staging elements. You're going to have some things that are just going to be a, a bit over exaggerated, but that's fine. But they're still fun. They're still exciting to watch, right? And it's really tough when when you know groups think, oh well, I have to do something over the top or that to to win or to do. Well, no, you don't need to do that. If you just keep it within context, in fact, that's what does better. In fact, and I think that's one thing that HDF and FDF have done for all the aspects of competition that are, you know, people think, ooh, they're not good. I think FDF and HDF have have um, improved and honed and made people, um, in particular directors and communities, go out and try harder mm-hmm. to find what they do in the village. Now, you know, that, that there's... It's getting hard, uh, should be getting easier, but it's getting harder and harder because we're bringing in a new generation of directors who um, haven't necessarily been able to go out and do the level of research that um, we've been able to do. But nonetheless, they're getting there, right? We just got to mentor them through that, right? And there's so many resources available, Mm -hmm. which, you know, um, 
you know, YouTube is a source, but there, I mean, today we were on a, on a forum, you know, there's a resource, the people that were on that are resources. So there's plenty of people that can help. And I think this generation is going to have it a lot easier than, you know, as I mentioned, where I had to pop in an old video from HDF or, <laughs> Hey, Joe recorded six hours of videos for me of the stuff he recorded in Greece. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's that's hard. I mean, now they don't have to do that. Technology's on on the side uh, is on our side as instructors. You know what I mean? As researchers, yeah. as directors of programs. I think you also I bring up a really good point that, that, that um, there's more connection between the directors. You know, like people genuinely want to support each other and want to. Um, you know, like share resources. And that was really evident on the the forum call that we were on today as well. Um, And I think that's different from kind of when, you know, we grew up, like I, there was always like little mini rivalries and not that they don't still exist. I'm not saying that. I feel like that's kind of human nature, but it seems like there has been a shift for everyone to just realize that we're working towards preserving our culture and we all need to pitch in and we all need to support each other and, and help, you know, maybe that church that has a brand new director who, you know, maybe grew up kind of really just, you know, dancing the basic stuff and never really explored out just because of the situation they lived in or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, I am competition naive, so I've never been to FDF or HDF. Um, you know, I've been to smaller things, um, but it's so exciting to hear you both talk about that because it seems like it the experience is such a knowledge dump and such a gain like it's so enriching i'm sure it's exhausting too uh, you know like mentally exhausting in, in the good way obviously it's physically exhausting too but that's so, what sort of opens your eyes to everything right so i would go to i mean i was that weird kid that would go to fdf and watch groups perform while others were running around you know playing with friends you know i'm 15 16 years old and i'm sitting watching groups more for inspiration that's i, I saw a group and i it, i can remember certain performances in my mind and that's what i wanted to go study or that's what i wanted to go understand you know and and i think more more so now because directors are getting younger and younger they're doing the same thing they're watching videos because you can just you know record on your cell phone right and go watch it later and then say hey where did they get this from and then go to youtube and then they can go to a judge and then they can and then they're going to greece and learning it you know what i mean that to me is you know the benefit of competition why because you're seeing i mean i would say i've seen it more at hdf most recently um, you're seeing a lot of newer material, material you don't tend to see more often. Um, you get that at, at, at FDF too, but FDF with so many groups, there there is there tends to be um, more um, repetition, not in a negative way. You just see groups repeating sets that you've seen before. But when they introduce something new, man, does it spike? Mm-hmm. And then you start to see others go do something new. So it's, it kind of builds on that. And then, like you said, groups are starting to help each other. It's not... It used to be quite dog eat dog back in the day. It was. It was like my material. You're not going to share. You're not going to do. Now, once a group is done with it, you just give it to them. Yeah. You know, especially in a community that's new. I mean, I did that. There was a new community. I said, here, just take the set. Yeah. Here's the, here's the music. Just go. Right. Yeah. And then they said, we want to do it with live music. Here's the phone number. Go. Yeah. And then it was, well, I want to understand it. Perfect. And now this community has four groups. Wow. From one. 
Yeah. And I think competition has a lot of other positive um, things about it. I mean, besides going and watching other groups and learning from other groups, you also have the Glendiet Night with these amazing musicians that have come from Greece or other parts of the United States that, you know, play the different regions at the Glendy at night and everyone's dancing and you're in a room full of people that have the same love for Greek dance as you. And I feel like you can make so many connections uh, for research uh, to learn more about music, you know, so there's so many connections you can make at competition and people to meet and learn from. So I just think it's really valuable to be in that situation where you're meeting so many knowledgeable people. And like we heard today, it's not just about the dancing. It's about the costume. It's about the music, right? It's Mm -hmm. there's so many elements. And we were just talking about this with the FDF judges uh, last week and on another call that we've been having since we have all this um, time now to to process some things and think through some stuff. It's all those elements that need to to come together. And it and it is like I know kids that have been inspired by those hallway parties at FDF mm-hmm. or the Glendy that happens in particular on Sunday night when there's music going on all over the various parts of the hotel or whatever facility we're using. That's really what inspires people. And so once you get into that, then that's when you see um, um, some of your best directors or musicians or judges or people who sort of have have, have evolved that's where, if you ask them, that's probably where they came from. There was some spark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so that makes me think of something like, and a couple of thoughts on this. Um, when you talk about authenticity, in, in a way, what you're authentic, what, what you're really trying to convey when you're teaching is the authenticity of the feeling and the emotions that these dances evoke, right? Mm-hmm. So, this is something that I, I I can say that I've definitely experienced in um, with Adi when we're we're dancing at Byzantio, like especially dancing next to Adi. I mean that's usually where I am. Anna's usually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the other the other side leading the women. Um, but there's this there's this commitment to putting the energy and the power into the slightest moves that you. And you, we talked about this with somebody else about Epidos, about the moves are so small and so they're so precise, but there is so much energy and movement and power behind it. So, yeah, you might not be moving across the dance floor at this you know, fast clip, but you are still moving with this conviction and dedication to the song, the music, and the community out on that dance floor. So, you know, does a dance have to be high flying kicks and all these crazy moves to be powerful? Absolutely not. And I think when you're able to make that connection and really get that message across the, the your students, I feel like that's when you're you're really you're living the authentic Greek culture and the dance because it is so much more than the footwork. It is it is about that that feeling you get inside of you. Um, and that to me is, you know, when I hear, and I, it is on our list to be at these competitions next year when they're back on, because we want to see, <laughs> I, 
But it's like we, you hear all these stories about how moved people are because they're just in, engulfed in all of this like rich, rich, rich culture. And that's like the moments that de- they're so defining for so many kids, especially kids, but even mm-hmm. adults where you where you really feel that emotion just, you know, pouring out of you. So that to me, like when we talk about authenticity, um, I think that so- is so much a part of it. And, you know. For Vizandu, it's, it's, you know, it's been, there's a lot of people who have danced before, right? And so that's good that they <laughs> danced. And a lot of people have danced as part of um, just normal, you know, my family does, but there's so much more to it. Um, and it takes time, right? So you both grew up in a community where I'm sure it took time to build. Mm-hmm. Anna's community started, you know, 30 years ago. It took time to get to where they were, right? I mean, we just started in 2012. Now we've had about a year hiatus, right? But it takes time to build, Evan, to what you're talking about. That takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. right? Especially in this particular area uh, look i came here in 2000 and this was not an area where i saw up until i started to get involved with some of the communities here locally it was it was more like what i was accustomed to seeing back at fdf in the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. you know um and so to make that connection to to uh, 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 a more, I guess, authentic is hard to define, but, mm-hmm. you know, as Anna mentioned it, you know, what are they doing in a village? doesn't matter what, what era, right? Cause dancing evolves um, now and then, but you know, how are, how are they dancing? How are they, how are they singing? Right. And it's getting people to understand, especially when, you know, somebody, you mentioned you're from Carpathos, right? So mm-hmm. Carpathians are very much, you know, they do their Carpathian thing, mm-hmm. and that's a very true thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you grow up in a, in a more mixed community where people are from different places, like, for example, where we are now, when you're doing Thraki, but you have people who are from Peloponnesus, they're not understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it. so it's tough to get that through. So the experience that, that we've had here is... You go to a competition and all of a sudden these parents who are most accustomed to, you know, thinking I need to do Tsamiko Zebekiko are all of a sudden, you know, doing well and performing and the judges are going up to them saying, what a wonderful performance. And they're going, man, I didn't think that, you know, all those girls singing five songs even mattered. I thought it was just kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. And bam, they're out there. And I'm like, yes. And it was enjoyable and it was contextual. And if I showed this to the women in that village, I would want them to say to me, yes, you did really well. Oh, and by the way, here's what I would do to make it better. That's what, to me, makes it all worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of how we teach, right? We want to keep it, it's quality. It's that, it's that and it's hard yeah. because there are dance groups in Greece that are moving away from that, even performing groups. From village groups, they're, they're, you know, we went to a thing in Greece, Anna and I, with some friends of ours, and the performing group went and did, like, dances from a neighboring part of Macedonia, and you're like, what are you doing? You have the most beautiful paradosi in front of you, mm-hmm. but yet they went and did, you know, something that was completely off base, and for an hour we did just with the musicians from the village and them, like the villagers themselves, that was the best part of the four-hour night, Yeah. you know, and you just think to yourself, well, what's going on here? But that's what you want to get back to. That's what people have to understand. But that takes time, 
right? And Byzantium is, you know, doing extraordinarily well for for uh, a community that is, like you mentioned, Maria, people are coming in from different places. Um, uh, we're a transient community. It's hard. It is not what you grew up with in your group dancing together for 30 years or Anna's group or my group mm-hmm. back in California. It's all new. And it's going to take yeah. some time because this area is not used to it yet. I, I don't think we're there yet. We're getting close, but we're not there yet. So now we want to get into uh, the really, you know, deep hitting question here. The juicy stuff. Um, so you, you guys dance, um, and you, you're familiar with dances from all over Greece. Um, are there is there a region that sticks out for you that is just um, is that the region you know a region that just really hits home um, whether it's your home region or if it's something that just moves you the most I'm curious if you have one of those I think I know the answer but <laughs> Anna so, first so I and I and I go through phases right so you know you get into to teaching from one area and you love it and then when you feel like you're done with that area you're like okay what's next so I go through phases um right now I I have a love for all dances from Crete um and just uh you know, dancing with uh, Newport News and competing at HDF, we've explored so many different areas of Crete, um, from Yergiri and Lasithi, Rethimno, Chania, Asterusia, and um, just seeing the differences between the areas of Crete and really getting to explore it at a whole different level, meeting some amazing musicians and um, experts from that area. I definitely have a love of the Cretan dances. Um, But, you know, when I'm teaching little ones, Mm -hmm. I love to teach Thraki, you know, Metaxadis, Gionadis, those types of dances for little ones. That's what I like teaching if you put you know, third and fourth graders in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I definitely appreciate dances from all over Greece. Um, but performing right now, it, for me, would be the Cretan dances. Well, you're so. a phenomenal Cretan dancer, too. Let's put that out there as well. And <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can teach it so well. Like, I'm thinking back to when we were still dancing in person, um, just the little... I don't want to call them nuances, but the essentially nuances that make something from a certain region. Um, you really teach that and you get people to realize like, you know, you, you really got to do that. Like, I'm going to need you to bend forward, like, you know, and, and <laughs> it's so helpful because it's like, oh, that's what makes it look that good. OK, I got it. You know, so thank you for that. Thank you. Adi, what's I'm yours? Sure. Addie would have different areas of Greece, but so <laughs> I don't know. This is a tough answer. Um, so I, I I particularly like, and I'm going to use the term Jamenes Patridis, and it's borrowed. We actually did our sweepstakes show back in the 1990s when we were when we won sweepstakes with Downey. That was the theme, and it was dances from Pondos and Cappadocia. Now, uh, I would say Jamenes Patridis. I I broaden the definition. Um, a little bit. So I mentioned earlier, both my parents come from parts of what are now Turkey, and um, so for both for both sides of the family, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Pontian, obviously, being um, something I'm particularly um, um, fond of, um, 
musically, I think more so today, um, as 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 um, um, the internet has opened up, there are still Ponians in Bondos today that still yeah. speak the language. That's like particularly intriguing to me. Um, so uh, ask Anna, I sit here and I kind of watch videos of singers that come from there and the singers who come to Greece and sing from there. Um, but also Thracian by background, obviously, you know, um, my dad being Gagauz and being Thracian, um, but that, that, that also, so there's there's um, an affinity towards that, just by I guess genetics, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. But I also, uh, you know, but there's also a, a other um, uh, uh, there's other draws, you know, Greeks that 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 necessarily have that came from other parts of uh, Asia Minor, where you go, God, you know, they live such a history, and so you're mm-hmm. attracted to that. Um, um, because these people have have no um, everyone else kind of has a place, right? Yeah. And okay, maybe they have Athens or they have the Chordia where they re reestablish themselves, but it's kind of gone. Yeah. Right. And then and then um, having my family having settled in Sardis, I was very fortunate to grow up with Zurnazidis who came from the neighboring town Iraklia or Jumaya, and. It was every summer, if it wasn't a Gagauz wedding or a mixed wedding or whatever, I mean, you were listening to that. So for mm-hmm. me, that was a particular draw. And it's it's kind of weird. I'm particularly drawn to these areas where the musicians are Roma, the dances are named in Turkish, the people speak a Slavic dialect, mm-hmm. you know, but they identify as Greek. And you go, wow, you know, that is... <laughs> You know that that's just powerful mm-hmm. in a from an anthropological perspective. Yeah. You know, so I've been particularly attracted to that 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 kind of um, um, genre, for yeah. lack of a of a better of a better term. <laughs> um, um, that's why, like, when we did drama, I was so attracted to it. Um, but I've always been I've always liked all Macedonia. It's just been something that I've been particularly fond of. Um, when I was able uh, to continue dancing in California, even after I had left here, you know, we were I was in a group where we did island, and I, I very fond of island from the Kikladis region, even from the Vekanisa. Mm-hmm. Um, um, just it, it's um, the running joke was. There was a judge at FDF, a Pontian judge at FDF, who used to say, right? You're not Pontian, you're an islander. He mm-hmm. goes, you, 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 he goes, you do so well and you excel at it, but it is. It's because it's something that draws you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't particularly have a region that I don't like, right? There are regions that I, I know that I'm not, as a dancer, I know I'm not a strong, a strong yeah. ad, but for me, those are the particular draws i mean today we were talking about thessalia and before you get before we got on this i was watching videos of clarino <laughs> and Thessaliotica because it was like vari oreo and then you know you get on youtube and you start clicking around on videos mm-hmm. right and it's like you see these vori pirotes singing in you know polyphonica and it just for hours i can watch that kind of stuff because it's just so interesting yeah. to me so it's a little a little bit di- you know for me it's it's i I just have these, these I jump around, right? Um, and, and I think from the difference from what I like personally, from what I have to teach, from what I have to teach, it depends on the group, mm-hmm. right? It depends on what the group can do, right? And what, what we need to do for the group at that time, 
right? So, you know, Vizandothraki is a big push because it's become very embedded and, and the group responds so well to it. We're going to stick with it. Yeah. Right. And then we're going to build on other material that we can do. But, you know, who knows? I mean, someday we may, you know, all become good at Ibidos. What happens? We're just, that's what we're going to end up doing. Yeah. I think so. Well, you have to... Go ahead, Anna. Sorry. I was going to say, you have to look at the other strengths of the group too. You know, do you have girls that sing really well? Mm-hmm. Then you want to find an area that, you know, you can show that aspect of the culture um, where they can sing the majority of their songs. So I think, yes, when you have a group that responds to something well, that makes you want to is strong at singing but maybe new at some of the dances maybe you want to accentuate that part so i think you you know you really have to gauge each group before you make a decision of what you're going to teach yeah i i agree and it's interesting to hear you both talk about what you're interested in because although they're very different i feel like the storytelling behind the dances is is mm-hmm. what you're attracted to and like you know Adi when you're talking about you know songs that are sung in different dialects or different languages like are you know when you're listening to that I know for me at least I'm not understanding what they're saying right like if, if you really listen to like true Pontic music and it's dialectical it's like what you know even people growing mm-hmm. up with that still struggle understanding kind of you know the lyrics if you will but what really gets me with with dance and I think is so important is the storytelling that occurs through dancing and it highlights Mm -hmm. traditions it highlights um history it highlights even like uh you know social norms or mores or or folklore right um so thinking about traditions do you have dance traditions that are really something that you like look forward to or even traditions like you know that are in your family that are just greek traditions that have become part of what you do um Anything like that? Gosh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> it's a stumper. I mean, for me, weddings, right? Um, and in particular, you know, I used to look forward to going to Greece and seeing people get married. Like when, so in the Corio, they like literally bring your invitation to your house, yeah. right? And I never was actually invited, uh, <laughs> but I was sort of the appendage, right? I mean, in some cases we were, but to me, like that was huge. Um, and, and it was really um, the impetus behind our wedding, which was to have that same feeling behind it. So you'd go to, so in the Corio, they'd bring you an invitation, you'd get it, um, and you're in a platia, and if you were invited to the wedding, you could typically sit and eat. And the rest of the village that wasn't invited would still come. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to dance, they could dance. So to me, that was particularly poignant, right? And so when we weren't invited, my thea would just drag me along, and it depended. In the choreo, it was, you know, sometimes it was just a gaga ustheration, sometimes it was just a dopi, sometimes it was a mixed wedding, and sometimes they would just bring, you know, whatever, clarina. It doesn't matter, right? But nonetheless, the whole intricacy of, you know, the whole week's worth of events, the prika, the dip, like to me, that was huge. We don't have that here in the US. We don't mm-hmm. do that. So like, for example, when we got married, we knew we weren't gonna do the, all the pomp and circumstance that goes behind all of that. Number one, because Andros Mesolongi, Pontostraki, that's like, you try mixing all four. <laughs> when it was a destination wedding, right? For a good chunk of people. 
right? I lived in D.C., family in California, and a Newport News, right? And in in Newport News, there's like a handful of Andriotes and a handful of, misolo- you know, uh, uh, folks from Mesologi. And so you say, okay, well, what do you, you know, what are you going to do? Um, our goal was as well, you know what, let's just bring what that that culture that we know mm-hmm. through dance to our weddings. That's what we did. That's why for me, weddings are particularly poignant. I will tell you that the traditions in and around, um, and this is more recent, like the the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, the Caimeru, the, uh, the, the and um, if you just, for the love of God, just go on Facebook and any any and all those people who are friends with instructors or um, uh, even people who come from those regions, drama, seres, you know, ipiros, um, traki. Uh, there's so much culture around that, and I love to watch that stuff because mm-hmm. they dress up, they they do the babuyeri, they do the, you know. Uh, you pick pick the word right of the the different. Um, uh, uh, character that they dress up as. Mm-hmm. To me, that's really interesting because the one thing we haven't talked about is sort of Greek dance is inextricably linked to the church, right? right? Yeah. All that revolves around the 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 um, the holidays of the church and the traditions of the church. So that is really interesting. And then you know, last year we did we you know we did something a little bit. Um, interesting it was on the saturday of lazarus it was covid we hadn't none of us had left the house you know we promoted to our kids like hey do something related to the saturday of lazarus right and i tried to get asimina to do this but it, it wasn't it wasn't a big success i always love to watch lazarinas mm. right and in particular macedonians have the best traditions in my opinion um of lazarinas but like if you look at kozani Seres. They just they they their costumes get more intricate. The singing is beautiful, um, and and to me that is like it, it, you know it's one day, but it's so beautiful what they do in that one day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, and then look, I mean, Greeks don't need a don't need a holiday or a reason or a tradition. You know, they just go dance. Right. <laughs> there's no there's no re- there there's nothing that stops us from going and doing just what we do because who we are. Right. I mean, we we've gone to events just because. Why not? I think Adi pretty much covered it. <laughs> I'll shut up. Now. What he said. What he said. <laughs> he's he's the talker of the two of us, so I think he pretty much covered it. <laughs> I love it. I love I the love wedding it. thing, though. Um, um, you know, it's funny. In Carpados, you would if you had like an event, you would write it on the gate of your house. Your house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or there'd be like a sign, yeah. you know? Um, so there were no invitations. Everyone was invited. Um, and I think more recently, people have been doing invitations, um, you know, kind of like a little bit Americanizing it, but also formalizing it. Like, I, you know, it's okay if you don't want everyone from the entire island, like at your wedding. And I think people, you know, um, I have one friend who got married and she was like, yeah, people just showed up, even though they weren't invited, <laughs> you know, and she's born and raised in Godbrother. She like was expecting it, but you know, it's just, it's so interesting how things change and you try to fight against that tradition and people are just like, you know, yeah, yeah. From up the road is like, of course I'm coming. Like, Duh. Of course. Okay. <laughs> you know, Who wouldn't want to do Pano Foto all night long. All night long. And see, so jokingly, so like I didn't grow up around Carpathians at all. Right. Um, 
upstate New York. I was the only Carpathian. There was another Carpathian family there for a little bit, and they they moved. So like when I would go to Panigiri in Carpathos, I you know bounce around and do Panahoro. But then when they would start to play like Crete and Sirto, I was like, yes, this is my jam, you know, because um, I just was so much more comfortable with like with that stuff, you know, as opposed to. You know, I guess what's in my blood, but <laughs> you won't see Anna. You won't see Anna jumping out there doing anything out there. Go trust me. <laughs> no, I I had a similar story to you. I was in Andros when I was maybe eleven or twelve, and was just sitting there, you know, watching everybody dance. And then uh, Bendozali came on, and I was like, "Ooh!" And I jumped up, and you know, but no, I didn't grow up with Andriotis, and I didn't, you know get immersed in in their dances or anything growing up so but that's the big difference between sort of the way we grew up like i didn't grow up around pawnians i didn't grow up around macedonians i didn't grow up around thrakiotis because in la that we were like a handful of us i grew up with people from peloponnesos literally everybody Mm -hmm. was from peloponnesos for the most part and but yet those very same people were the same ones who loved Thraki, loved Macedonian, loved Cretan, loved, you know, so for us, it was, you know, that's kind of what we want to do here. Like, we want you to love Thraki. I got it. You're from Laconia. Totally get it. <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> but just love Thraki. Love Central Macedonian for me. Just for a year. I'll be happy. Right. Test it out. Test the water. Yep. <laughs> Dip your toe. Right, and then fall right in. <laughs> Perfect. Speak my language. It's always, it's always interesting to talk to people who are like, oh, I can't stand the Clarino. Anything with Clarino, I can't stand it. Or I, I can't stand, um, you know, Ipiros is too slow for me, or Cretan is too fast for me. And it's like, I mean, I can understand that on the surface, but the moment you start to dive into any of these regions and you really understand why they are the way they are, like, I just, I don't see how you couldn't fall in love with those, those re- like any of those regions. So it's, I mean, I know I struggle the most probably with Cretan, but it does not change the fact that I absolutely love it and have a strong appreciation for it. And I will continue to push myself to get better at it. Um, but it always amazes me when people are like, "Oh no, I don't want to. Do, I don't. I don't want to do that." <laughs> and that's the thing. It might not be your strong suit, but have an appreciation for it. And you know, each each area is so unique that you know it might not be something you enjoy dancing or feel comfortable dancing, but something that you can sit down and appreciate watching, and you know, and seeing the beauty in it because it is representing an area of Greece. So I think. Yes, I definitely have areas that I'm not as comfortable with or I just don't enjoy, you know, hopping in the line and dancing, but mm-hmm. I can sit and watch and appreciate the others dancing and enjoy watching them dance. So yeah. I think it's important to you have to you have to appreciate um, the region itself. And that comes from history and politics. Right. So, you know, I've mentioned earlier, like. I love hearing Polyphonica from Ipiros, but Anna hears me all the time listening to these polyphonics, and she's like, well, where's that from? I'm like, those are the Korea and Vorio Ipiros, right? And and again, YouTube, and then talking to people who are from there, or people who are from Ipiros who were like, yeah, here was my Korea. They sliced the border, and my brother's on the other side of the border. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it just happened, right? And you, so you gain so much more appreciation of that particular region because of a story like that, right? Yeah. Or there was with Epidos, it's, you know, I'm, I'm so Clarino, like if I ever hear anyone say like the sound of Clarino makes me want to, like for me, I, 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 at first it wasn't an instrument that I, I, I loved. And then I heard a quote on, a, on I don't remember where it was, but it said it was in, in, it said in Greek, but I'll say it in English. It was the slower the clarino and the slower the dance in Ipidos, the better. Mm. And as soon as I heard that, the whole region made sense to me. <laughs> it was like it all fell into place. Right. Yeah. And then you go and you watch these videos, especially of Vodio Pirotes, where it again, you know, the, unfortunately, in the era that they lived and where they lived, things got sped up. But when you watch them today and in context of the rest of Ipidos, you totally understand where all that came from. And that to me is it was it's so powerful. So when you watch a performance, you appreciate that more, mm-hmm. right? Or when you when when you hear people who sing in a dialect that is, you know, was forbidden in Greece because of politics, you go, yeah, but that's that's what they sang in. That was that was their mother tongue. You can't take that away from them. Mm-hmm. You cut the border. You said stay here. They wanted to stay. They wanted to be Greek, but then you denied them who they are. Like that to me is like that's tough. That That's really tough. And that gives context. So mm-hmm. for me, I appreciate that kind of stuff more. Yeah, I think it's like a way to honor and to to pay tribute to um, like the struggles and, and mm-hmm. people can think that that's like a very dark thing. And, you know, how do you translate that to when you're teaching like kids? You know what I mean? But there's a way to teach that and a way to get people to understand um, I think it just takes a little bit of like finesse and, you know, kind of um, teaching to the level that you're working with, which comes with experience. And obviously we can tell, you know, you guys have so many years of experience and you're so committed to this. If you had one piece of advice for somebody who might be listening to this podcast, who is a newer instructor or um, is kind of feeling stuck or maybe is a seasoned instructor, but is just trying to increase their knowledge base what would your one piece of advice to be a really solid instructor be i mean if it's a newer instructor someone that's looking for direction of where to go i mean i would say to not be scared to reach out there's so many resources out there of course you know adi and i are available at any time to talk to anyone, but there's so many knowledgeable people out there and there's so many people that are willing to help. You know, um, there's so many things that you can find online right now too with uh, Zoom meetings and dance workshops over Zoom meetings weekly. I think that's a great way to to get engaged during the pandemic. Um, you know, to to continue to learn when we can't necessarily have, you know, our regular dance practices and in-person dance practices. But I just, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, there's there's so many people out there and, you know, there's great resources on YouTube if you know what to look for on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I always say be mindful of, of what research you grab from YouTube because there there's some amazing videos out there, but you know, anyone can post on YouTube. So you might not necessarily find, um, 
correct mm-hmm. information on YouTube as well. So, you know, it's a great place to start, but you have to know what you're looking for. But I, you know, I think that there's so many knowledgeable people here in the U.S. and even people in Greece that are in contact with people in the U.S. that, you know, you just need to reach out. You'll mm-hmm. you'll definitely find contacts if you reach out. And I, I mean, so you can tell we've been married um, and um, and that we think a lot alike. So that was my number one answer. Um, I would also say, in addition to don't be afraid to reach out, don't be afraid to ask, um, is in particular for new, so I'll, I'll give two pieces of advice. For new instructors, don't be afraid to ask, number one. Um, and number two, don't assume everything costs money. Mm. A conversation doesn't cost money, right? But let me take that a step further. But it's going to get to a point where the people that you're talking to have invested a lot of time and effort, and it doesn't cost a lot to get what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that, you know, I mean, I I was fortunate. I paid a lot out of pocket, but the communities that I worked with and for also were willing to chip in. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't be afraid to ask your community for that, because I think it's important. Um, And I think if you tie it to what we talked about, look, dance is inextricably linked to your church. It's inextricably linked to your language. Every church has a Greek school. Uh, It's inextricably linked, obviously, to your dance program. So there's no reason why you can't make it work, even with a little bit of, you know, um, investment. It doesn't take a lot. Um, and be patient and don't give up. For the more seasoned instructors who are trying to, um, I get, you know, reform or keep injecting new life into the program, or 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 maybe you know starting from scratch with 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 um, something new or a newer community, or uh, as we've talked about, um, uh, um, people who aren't accustomed to this type of. Uh, folk dancing Mm -hmm. patience because it takes a lot i mean 1982 downey church formed and everyone expected us five years later to be this amazing dance program we didn't start that till probably 10 15 years in Mm -hmm. right it takes a long time um Vizantia started in 2012 you know, we didn't have a lot. We there, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for us to fundraise. We were very fortunate that we had good connections to be able to get good, workable condition costumes that we could that we could compile because we were growing in all different directions. We were. And so we just did the best we could. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 we're seasoned. Right. But, you know, we run out of patience sometimes, but you just got to be patient. And I'm sure you both discover that in the communities you grew up you grew up in. For me, I grew up in the community. We started the program. And then I went into communities where we started and restarted programs. That takes a lot of work. Yeah. So it just takes a lot of time. That's all. That's amazing advice. So thank you. Because um, I, I think our listener base for this podcast is growing um, exponentially, which is amazing. And and we are getting people who are listening to this who may be beginners or they may be sort of in that spot of they're sort of out of patience, you know, and I think um, one 
benefit to the pandemic has been the break that it has sort of given people to take a step back and to sort of reset <laughs> and to re-engage and to also rest because like what you guys do i mean you're not just teaching bizantio you're teaching all of the groups at the church at saint catherine in virginia you're you know and you have people to help you yes but as the directors you guys are you know curating the sets you're teaching the people who are going to be teaching it's a lot of time and energy and it's well spent but it can also be very overwhelming so thank you for that advice i think um advice is invaluable especially when it comes from people who um, are experts and who genuinely care about the success of other groups and, and that's super evident so thank you both for being here um this was amazing i know this was your first podcast ever definitely not your last um <laughs> Just know that we are planning to invite you back for our Series 2 Experts panel um, coming soon. So we'll talk more about that, hopefully in person too, which would be really fun. Um, but if you liked this podcast, um, please make sure that you subscribe. Um, and we will put in the show notes how to get a hold of Anna and Adi if you have questions or if you're in the D.C. area and want to um, get back to the dance group whenever um, you know, we get back in real life in person. Um, so thank you so much for being here, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back next week with more Sir Thus.